This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Dorking Wanderers nil, Wrexham 5. And this, by far the most complete performance I think that Wrexham have put in. Dorking, admittedly, have had a little of a tail off after a good start of their first season at this level. And maybe this is a good time to play against them. They had injuries coming into the game and also suffered two key injuries during the game. But they had a lot of guts and were magnificent hosts, I should say. I think Dorking, as a club, have made a massive impression on everyone who went down there. But Wrexham were ruthless, took control, took advantage of their opportunities. And the only limit to that ruthlessness could have scored eight at least. Anyway, Wrexham began fast. Remember last Tuesday we scored after 87 seconds. Well, this time we nearly scored after 52 seconds. Cleworth on the left-hand side feeding it into Paul Mullen on the edge of the day. He turned, opened his body up and hit a lovely shot with the inside of his right foot, which beat the keeper but went just wide of the right post. Now, early indications were worrying for Wrexham insofar as Dorking were trying to be positive they were trying to get the ball down the right-hand side an awful lot. Is it coincidence? Were they another team trying to target Max Cleworth? If so, yet again, Cleworth was excellent. But Alfie Rutherford, who is their star player, was very lively on the right and was battling away, trying to create loose balls. They moved the ball around quite well. And they also had the advantage of a very peculiar pitch. Uh, artificial turf don't think it's 4G myself. I think it's the lower level of it. But it seems to me, and certainly seems to me when I watched their previous home games, to have far too many of those little rubber balls on it. And the consequence was that the ball moved slowly. It's a very sort of spongy pitch. It's a, it's a genuine home advantage. I don't genuine, generally feel that artificial turf is such a big deal. If you're a good player, you should enjoy a true surface. This one, though, the ball was moving very slowly on it. The ball was bouncing sort of less than you'd expect. The ball getting dropped in and, and then just sitting up. And it was an awkward pitch to play on. And I thought, well, OK, this could be an issue. But to be fair, Wrexham held Dorking at arm's length when they came forwards. They never really threatened in their lively start. And they were leaving a lot of space for Wrexham to play in. And as the game wore on, Dorking started to make mistakes and they were punished for it. So Wrexham, looking the more likely side, nearly took the lead in the 14th minute. Good ball by Young out to the right-hand side. Anthony Ford in space, ripped in a good cross to the far post. Palmer was a difficult header. The ball was really coming at pace and Palmer was a good 15 yards out, but he made a good contact with it as he adjusted his, his position of his head and just couldn't quite put it on target. It went just wide of the left post. He wouldn't have to wait long before he was heading the ball into the net, no. In the 20th minute, Clue was throwing the ball down the line, Mullen doing well in the corner flag with defenders around him to work the ball backwards and in the end, Maundy stood the ball up to the far post, sensibly thinking, right, Palmer is going to win balls that are just stood up for him to fight for. Helped by the fact that Ed Harris had just gone off the pitch. Uh, the big centre-back, who was obviously detailed to Palmer, uh, taking a knock and had to go off. Palmer, on this occasion, got up and comfortably headed it home from close range. And Wrexham had the lead and Palmer had scored in three consecutive matches. Of course, he wasn't finished yet. And neither was Mondi, who had a terrific first half. He drilled a ball in 
four minutes later to the edge of the area. Palmer, lovely work, let the ball roll across in front of him to make an angle for a shot and beats his man in the process. Drove in a powerful shot, which Gallagher did well to block, but the ball spanned loose. Jordan Davis did really well to challenge for it and create a loose ball, and Mondi, who'd come inside to follow his cross in, smashed a lovely finish from outside the box into the top right corner. A brilliant goal by Mondi, his first goal for Wrexham, and fair reward for a very impressive first-half performance. Wrexham continued to press, and Mondi could have had another. A brilliant ball by Mullen, sending Mondi clear down the left channel. He drove a powerful shot in, one-on-one with the keeper from an angle that was getting tighter, and the keeper did well to get his hands up, hook, and make a good block. But two minutes later, it was three. Wrexham, as I said, really ruthless in the first half, although it wasn't a Wrexham player who scored this goal, despite the efforts of Molly Palmer. Ben Toza, with a long throw into the near post, it skidded off the top of a defender's head and hit Luke Moore standing in front of the keeper, and he couldn't do anything but deflect it past his own keeper, an own goal. Oli Palmer wheeled away, <laughs> slightly sheepishly accepting celebrations and congratulations. And in the press box, a few people quite credited him with another goal. No, it wasn't. He was he was he was challenging the first player who challenged with the ball and he got nowhere near it. So a definite own goal by Luke Moore and Wrexham were three up. And now, like I said, that level of ruthlessness. There was a lot to admire in Dorking, and there was a lot to admire in their their commitment to their game plan and their intelligence in executing their game plan. But they, they did look outmatched, in all honesty. This is a, a Wrexham side that's been put together to do well in the Football League. And man for man, you could kind of see that. Dorking in the first half, we're all, often we get the ball down and move forwards in midfield. But Wrexham, apart from being very impressive going forwards, were very good without the ball. And that was something which Phil Parkinson was very quick to point out. He said they'd been working on that on Thursday because he was unhappy with that element of the game at Gateshead. In this game, it was much better. Wrexham pressed as a unit rather than having individuals putting pressure on. You may remember I mentioned in the last podcast about Jordan Davis going and, you know, I think rightfully chasing Ollie down when they played it out for the back, but the rest of the midfield didn't join in with him. And as a result, Ollie always hit the out ball and the two strikers and Davis were ruled out of play. This time, it was different. Wrexham were a unit, pressed very well. And when um, Dorking did get the ball down in the Wrexham half, Wrexham had a very solid defensive block. The defensive line on the edge of the box was rock solid. The midfield in front of them just made it very difficult to pass their way through. And as a result, Dorking were forced into an awful lot of passive passing as they moved the ball square in front of Wrexham's defence. And when the passing broke down, Wrexham broke really well. Wrexham's transitioning was was superb. Um, I would say, and I don't want to single a poor bloke out, especially as he scored an own goal, but I think Luke Moore, who was playing as a sort of holding midfielder, was particularly guilty of this. He often, and he's a very experienced player, got the ball about 35 yards out, and always plays it sideways or backwards. I'm not an impatient man. I know that's often the right thing to do. But the problem was that they were starting again then. He was in positions where he could try something. In the second half, he actually did. Um, but it was gone a bit by then. And actually, his passing got a bit desperate. In the 40th minute, came another chance for Wrexham. Breaking forward through the middle. Palmer, who'd done well initially. Wrexham were defending a set piece. Palmer... 
help coming deep into his own half to help out. Played the ball back to Young, maybe a bit overhit. Young did brilliantly to improvise a header straight back over Palmer's shoulder, which he could run into. The midfield was empty, something which Dorking were often guilty of. I'm sure they'll be looking at their shape when they haven't got the ball. And Palmer drove forwards a three-on-two break and held onto the ball a bit too long. Jordan Davis made a great run in the left channel ahead of him, probably should have played him in. He didn't. In the end, he found James Jones, and he hit a stinging shot from 30 yards. It was too close to the keeper, but having said that, it was an awkward save for Hock to make because it bounced right in front of him, sending a shower of black rubber pellets into his eyes, but he kept his eye on it well and, and smothered it, clung onto it in the end. First real chance Dorking had, and well, I, I, I'm generous in saying that if I'm frank, is in the third minute of added time in the first half when Seeger squared the ball to McShane, who tried a speculative shot from about 25 yards. It deflected off Tozer and span well over the bar. However, Seeger had a, an excellent effort at the start of the second half. Straight away, ball down the right, and Rutherford, still f battling away, created a loose ball in the challenge of Clueth. It fell for Seeger on the edge of the day, and he did really well. Span and hit a, a, a snapshot of his left foot, trying to curl it round Howard and inside the far post. Just didn't quite bring it back enough, and it went wide. But it was a good effort, and it was... <laughs> I, 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 taking my Wrexham hat for off for a moment, good to see that A, Dorking kept going, and B, that they were giving a reward to their fans, who, like Wrexham's fans, were superb throughout. Those fans would get another blow, because within three minutes, Wrexham had made it four. Toes are doing well to tackle and win the ball back. Young, uh, playing a nice pass forwards, just to, you know, taking the play from defence to midfield, passing through the thirds very vertically, Mullen great ball into the hole Davis driving down the left channel uh, cross come shot really, but it was perfect cut the keeper out and Palmer running at the far post tapped in, his second goal of the match not his third, his second the 52nd minute again Wrexham causing problems Toza intercepting, playing the ball down the right-hand side. Mullen with a cheeky nutmeg as he seemed to be hemmed in on the touchline, beating his man and driving a shot in from a tight angle, which hooked it well to parry. And soon after that, as Wrexham really threatened to open up the floodgates, a free kick from 25 yards out. Davis and Ford on it. Interestingly, Ford was the one who took it, not Davis, and he just missed the top right corner with a good strike, which was dipping well. Wrexham continuing to push on. James Jones then with a, a good tackle. And Wrexham, <laughs> well, had a, a moment of, of excitement. McShane dispossessed by Jones. It fell to Palmer in the centre circle. And he tried a first-time shot. He'd seen Huck off his line. Huck was off his line. You can see why he did it. He didn't get enough on it, though. And it was a simple take for the goalkeeper. Mullen was furious because he'd made a super run the moment Joe Jones had won the ball down the right channel. If Palmer had played him in, he would have been one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Within a minute, again, Wrexham threatening. Toza slinging a throw in towards the edge of six-yard box. Hayden, a tricky one for him, got really underneath it. It looped up in the air and didn't drop down in time or went over the bar. Wrexham then made a change. The game was safe, of course, and so Mullen was given a rest and Elliot Lee was given another half-hour to impress and he really was impressive uh, playing up front with Palmer but constantly dropping off between the lines creating opportunities he was tremendous 
within a minute of coming on, he was involved, feeding the ball down the right-hand side. Ford with a good first-time cross, a lovely move, and Palmer, uh, Davis rather, with a free header, really should have done better from about eight yards out, headed us straight at the keeper. Then, Lee, doing well again, picking up a, intercepting rather, a sloppy pass by Jeb, putting Palmer one-on-one with the keeper for his hat-trick. What was Ollie Palmer thinking then? Because he ran on, nobody near him, straight down the middle, and played it to his right, hoping that Lee would have a tap-in. Lee was nowhere near. He had no chance to catch up with Palmer. He was still running up there. He did get there, but by the time he got there, the chance was gone. Oh, Ollie, why didn't you just hit it and see if you can get the hat-trick? A few minutes later, another chance. It really was uh, this consistent. Davis sweeping the ball into the box. Clueth with a looping header that landed on the roof of the net. His head in his hands, looking for his first ever league goal. And uh, he, he thought he'd nearly got it. Before in the 77th minute, Wrexham did get the fifth. Good work by James Jones on the right. Standing a good ball down the flank. Davis, this time, another excellent assist. Driving down the right-hand side, running along the goal line. Delaying, waiting for Lee to arrive at the par post, and then shaping a lovely ball to him at the outside of his left foot. The cut out the keeper and left Lee with a complete open goal, five 0 to Wrexham. Now there was a chance to have some more uh, substitutions to give people a bit of a rest. Davis immediately was hooked, and McFadden came on straight from the kickoff. Wrexham won it back again, and Lee nearly played Palmer in for his hat trick. And a couple of minutes later, Lee again had a chance maybe to to play the ball in. Dolby by this point had come on to. Place Palmer, Lee picking the ball up from him, had a chance to put Jones in round the back of the defence left hand side and overhit his pass. With two minutes left, Lee threatens a second goal for himself. Young again doing well, feeding him. Lee again doing what he does so well, just dropping off, finding that space between the lines, turning 25 yards out. A lovely strike. The ball fizzed over the keeper, but just over the bar as it started to dip. In the last minute came by far and away Dawkins' best chance of the match across, coming in from the left, skidding off Toza's head. Seager, unmarked about eight yards out, but planted his header too close to Howard, who got across sharply to his left to make a good catch. And the final words, appropriately, went to Wrexham. Clueth doing well on the left-hand side, feeding a nice little pass into the box. Lee beautifully skipping past his man, and then trying to fool the keeper from left of centre, I think the keeper was expecting him to try and curl it with the outside, uh, inside the right post, and he tried to pull it inside the left. Got it too close to Hook, who did well to get his legs behind it and blocked the shot. But 5-0, at the very least, was a fair reflection of Wrexham's domination, although, as I said, there's a lot to admire in what Dorking were looking to do. Oh, I forgot to say as well, the other injury they suffered horribly it didn't make no impact on the outcome of this game, but sadly will certainly have an impact on their season because their star man, as I said, Alfie Rutherford, um, picked up what looked very worryingly like a knee ligament injury. In fact, after the match, the Dorking manager essentially confirmed that. He said it was a, a typical artificial pitch injury. It was really innocuous. He was just turning to try and uh, get the ball after Tozer had dispossessed him, and as he did, his knee went from under him. It looked innocuous, but he was clearly in a lot of pain from the start, and it looks like it's a serious one that will rule him out for some time. And that's a real shame for Dorking, because they deserve better luck than that, quite frankly. But a comprehensive performance by Wrexham, and a real statement win as well. On a day when other title contenders got five goals, we got five goals for the second time this season. 
Let that sink in for a second. Oh, by the way, obscure fact of the day. The last time we scored, we got five in two games in our first seven games of a season. Yeah, I know. It was 1930. Not bad. As for the performances, another clean sheet for Howard, which is pleasing. He made a couple of sharp saves near the end, but saves he'd expect to make. His distribution was good. But he didn't have much to do, in all honesty. Defensively, Hayden did all right. He carried the ball forwards well on occasion, too. Tozer and Kluwerth really looked impressive. Tozer was a towering presence in the centre, won the ball back well with his head and with his feet, and Kluwerth as well, especially when he was examined early on, did very well. Nobody really took on Hayden. That's why I'm not showering him at praise. Questions were asked of the other two centre-backs more, and they did well. The wing-backs, Mondi on the left, excellent. Really, in the first half particularly, Driving forwards, linking up would play well. That super goal and a good assist as well. And on the right-hand side, Anthony Ford had a very good game. You can see he's also settled into the, the system. He got into some nice crossing positions and put some good quality in. And yeah, Ford is, is looking solid. Didn't have anything to do defensively. In all honesty, he was very, very sound in that regard. Young as ever, constant, winning the ball back, feeding it forward. He says I'm saying about more. Unlike the Dorking skipper, uh, no, he wasn't skipper, beg your pardon, but Young was getting the ball, looking up, feeding early balls forwards to feet to get moves going. It was often the starting point of those transitions. Davis, another really good shift and two high-quality assists. And James Jones, especially in the second half, really started to catch the eye, running at people, winning balls in midfield and playing a couple of nice balls down the flank, like the one which teed up a chance and the Rex were breaking down the flank. This up front, Mullen, a provider rather than the finisher today, but had a good lively game and occupied the strikers. Palmer has to be man of the match, I think, because he really well, got the two goals, could have had a couple more, held the ball up well, bullied the centre-backs on occasion and had a cracking game. Although there's another contender, of course, off the bench in Elliot Lee. Lee was, was tremendous for that half hour, just like against Eastleigh. Uh, really exciting to watch him play. Sometimes he comes on in these National League games and you can see he's far too good for this level. Other subs were interesting. Dolby worked very hard again up front. And McFadgen, interestingly, and I assume this was just because we were giving Davis a rest, although, you know, it's interesting to have a look at, played on that left-sided position of the midfield three, and did well. Now, this is a game where you'd expect him to do well, and it is 5-0 when he comes on, or 4-0, beg your pardon, but, yeah, lots of good industry, and McFadden is good on that left channel, isn't he? He comes forward from wing-back and, and threatens too. So a comprehensive win, an impressive win by Wrexham, and, well, we carry on four wins in a row now, a home game coming up, and Wrexham needs to just keep pressing on and keep taking advantage of the good form we're in and the improving uh, process of assimilation and new players are making as they slot into our style of play. So, good news with the final score of Dorking Wanderers nil, Wrexham 5. I'm Mark Griffiths for Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. <laughs>